Thank you for listening to Lone Star Community Radio. This program was broadcasted and recorded live from the LSCR studios in downtown Conroe, Texas. Lone Star Community Radio is supported by listeners like you. Donate and sponsor today. For more information on getting involved with Lone Star Community Radio, contact us at lscrstudios at gmail.com or visit us online at www.irlonestar.com. The first Tuesday of every month here on Lone Star Community Radio. You can check out past shows at www.veteransair.us here at Lone Star Community Radio um, or wherever you get your fine podcasts. Um, I want to let you know that today's show is brought to you by our sponsor, United Healthcare and Angela. Um, we're going to. Andrea. So, sorry. Uh, Andrea, and we have a little spot of her coming up in a little later in the show. Um, as always, a little housekeeping before we get started. You can contact Veterans Air through our website, www.veteransair.us. You can leave us a message there, send us an email, or better yet, you can text us, text, on our in-studio Google phone, 936-344-3083. Um, I got a lot of stuff to talk about today because I was out last month, and I apologize for not being here, but I had acute bronchitis, and then my loving wife had COVID. We survived. It wasn't pretty. But we survived. Um, so I got a lot to talk about because there's a lot of things going on here in Texas and in, in the world. Um, so before we get into this, I'm going to remind you that today's views and opinions that are going to be expressed on this show are mine and mine alone, and they do not reflect the view or opinions of this station, its partners, or its sponsors. We're going to get right into, oh, oh, wait a second, I wanted to do this and I forgot my sticky note. Today's show is entitled Alas Babylon. Why is it entitled Alas, Alas Babylon? Well, if you're from my generation, late 50s, early 60s, you read Alas Babylon in high school. You also read Animal Farm in 1984. Today, as we listen to the show, I want you to think back to A Last Babylon. While it was written in the 50s um, <clears throat> about nuclear war, some of the things that, that happened there, the destruction of America, is relevant for today's conversation. We're going to start off with some news from Texas. As you know, the 88th Texas legislative session is currently ongoing, and there are three bills, three that I want to bring to your attention as they may affect a lot of veterans in this. The first bill, House Bill 218, is from Representative Joe Moody. Currently, and this has to deal with, with, with marijuana possession, this bill, 218. Currently, the penalties for possession of cannabis and cannabis concentrates, marijuana possession of up to two ounces is a Class B misdemeanor under the current state law. Possession of two to four ounces is a Class A misdemeanor that could result in a year of county jail time and a fine of up to $4,000. Possession of more than four ounces is a felony 
and and it's a felony, as is any amount of a concentrate. Now, House Bill 218, basically what this bill wants to do is to reduce those penalties for possession of marijuana and concentrates. If this bill passes and it becomes a state law, one ounce of flour or concentrate will be a Class C misdemeanor. The charge would only be citable offense and wouldn't end in an arrest. So they give you a ticket. They don't arrest you for it. If you are caught with between one and two ounces of flour or concentrate, that would be a Class B misdemeanor. And if you're caught between, with between two and four ounces, that would be a Class A misdemeanor. So, House Bill 218, what it wants to do is decrease the penalties for possession of marijuana. This is both good and bad. By the way, when they say flour, if you don't know, they're talking about um, um, the part of the marijuana plant that you smoke. You don't smoke the leaf. You don't smoke the stem. You smoke the budding flower. Um, now, it doesn't matter where you stand on whether or not marijuana should be legal or not. This bill while it decreases the um, severity of possession of marijuana, it also brings in some revenue and reduces crowding within our county jails. A lot of people go to jail for marijuana possession. Marijuana possession is a felony in the United States of America. This bill, if passed would only affect the state of Texas. And remember, municipalities and whatnot, they can go more stringent than a law, but they can't go less stringent than a law. Now, there's another House bill out there that I'm paying very close attention to. It's House Bill 1805. And this bill has to do with the Compassionate Care Act. We've talked about the Compassionate Care Act here on Veterans Day a number of times. Um, what the Compassionate Care Act basically says is that, that if you have a certain condition and you've tried everything else, then you can try medical marijuana. Seizures, epilepsy, um, some forms of cancer, and so forth. And I've been very highly critical of that bill, for two re that law, for two reasons, the Compassionate Care Act I'm talking about here. One, there's very few doctors that can prescribe medical marijuana. And two, there's not that many dispensaries. There's like three, maybe four that I know of off the top of my head. This becomes a problem if you're trying to get medical marijuana. Representative Kirk, who's a nurse and chairs the House Public Health Committee, is now looking to take the Compassionate Care Act a step further with House Bill 1805. If it passes, it would allow doctors to prescribe medical marijuana 
for a condition that causes chronic pain for which a physician otherwise would prescribe an opioid. Let me say that again. If this bill passes, your doctor can write a prescription for medical marijuana for chronic pain. This is a big thing for veterans. How do you know that you're a veteran with combat arms experience? Well, your body hurts. You have chronic pain. Now, for years, for decades, the VA and most doctors would just prescribe you an opioid, prescribe you hydrocodone, um, Norcor, I think they, is the, the, the trade name for them. Um, in my specific example, I've been um, on opioids for over 20 years. I've been on morphine. I've been on hydrocodone. Vic's looking at me like, dude, you're on morphine? <laughs> Amazing, isn't it? Um, for chronic pain. And if you talk to most veterans that are suffering from chronic pain, they're going to tell you, I don't want to get high. Don't give me so much of this. Give me enough to take the edge off. That's all they want is take the edge off. Because we feel that if we wake up one morning and we're not in pain, then we're probably in Valhalla. This bill, House Bill 1805, would go a long, long way to help individuals with chronic pain. Myself, personally, with my doctor's approval, I'll do a gummy. Yes, I will. If I don't sleep for four days in a row, and those of you who suffer from insomnia um, will understand this, I'm about to have a psychotic break. So on, on, the, on the fifth day, I'll take a gummy before I go to bed. And I sleep like a baby. This bill, House Bill 1805, I want you to call your representatives. I want you to call your state representatives, excuse me, your state representatives, and say you want them to back House Bill 1805, which strengthens the Compassionate Care Act by allowing doctors to prescribe medical marijuana to chronic pain sufferers. I'm going to tell you a little something that most people don't know. The best way to get the best effect from medical marijuana is to ingest it, not to smoke it, to ingest it. Because what you're really looking for in this medical marijuana is a high concentration of CBD with a mild concentration of THC. Those two elements working together produce the sleepiness, the, the, the lack of pain. And remember, this medical marijuana is not going to work for everyone. It all depends how many receptors you have in your body that can absorb the THC and the CBDs to be able to get the relaxing effect that you want. Dick, it's, it's going to be your job to make sure I don't go over today because I got a bunch of stuff.
Last bill that I want to look at in Texas is Senate Bill 264. And it was authored by State Senator Charles Perry, a Republican from Lubbock. This bill, if it passes, would prohibit synthetically derived THC and effectively end the Delta A consumable hemp market across the state. The ban, it would ban Delta 8 and Delta 9s and send back people to opioids. No problem. It has already destroyed these opioids. I've already destroyed my liver, my other organs. But who cares about the veteran? Give him a pill, he'll be fine. Well, the VFW, Veterans of Foreign Wars, by the way, is pushing back hard against this bill while supporting the expansion of the Compassionate Care Act through House Bill 1805. Every veteran needs to call their state senators and state representatives and make their voice known. Representative Will Metcalf, if you're listening to this show, and why wouldn't you be, you now know where I stand on these bills as your constituent. This bill here by, by Charles Perry, state senator from, from Lubbock, Texas, obviously this man has never, ever, ever had to live with chronic pain. All he knows is that marijuana bad, opioids good. Oh, but no, wait, we're going to take away opioids because of the opioid pandemic. As I sit here, waiting for 2 o'clock so I can take my afternoon meds. I feel my body. It's something that I have to deal with personally every day. Reach down for the mental fortitude to get out of bed every single day. When a simple gummy that will not destroy my internal organs would give me just enough relief to continue on with my day. State Senator Perry, I offer you to come onto this show at your convenience and tell us why your bill here, Senate Bill 264, is a good thing for veterans. Because I've been looking and I can't find any reason why a veteran would want to support this. Where am I at? I'm only 18 minutes. I'm pretty good. Well, you know what? It's, it's 18 minutes, and I'm going to talk about, about Trump in the next segment. So let's take a break. Um, Dick's got United Healthcare message for you queued up. So why don't you listen to this, and then we'll be right back after these messages.
Medicare can be confusing, but it doesn't have to be. My name is Andrea Corpany, and I am an agent authorized to offer AARP Medicare plans from United Healthcare Insurance Company. I can guide my clients through understanding Medicare coverage options and help them discover what may make AARP Medicare plans from United Healthcare a great choice. I can be reached at 281 773 6239. That's Andrea Corpening at 281-773-6239. I can help those find a plan with confidence. You are listening to Veterans Air on IRLoneStar.com and Conroe's FM 104.5 and 106.1. Welcome back. You're listening to Veterans Air, and I'm your host, Douglas B. Before the break, I said we're going to talk about some national news. Because the Lord knows there, there's a bunch of stuff happening. But before we start on this, I want to remind everybody, what law do we follow here? The United States Constitution. Keep in mind the Constitution and your Bill of Rights. Keep in mind that the United States of America is not a democracy. It never was a democracy. It's always been a constitutional republic. And the news pundits and our elected officials that keep talking about saving the democracy are idiots. Yes, I said it. They're all idiots. We don't have a democracy. We have a representative government. Now, last week, the New York grand jury indicted former President Donald J. Trump, truly a historic event, but history is replent with bad decisions. As a matter of fact, looking back over the last six or seven years, these bad decision-making seem to be accelerating. I want you to understand that I am neither a Republican nor a Democrat. I consider myself a constitutional anarchist. Yes, it's true. If it were up to me, I would remove the current government and our representatives in that government and replace them with a government loyal to the Constitution and rooted in their constituents. Can you honestly say we have such a government today? No, 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 we do not. The nine most feared words in history are, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. Does anyone other than me hear anyone other than never Trumpers screaming this at you? So, Let's look at this indictment and what it means for this country. Make no mistake, I do believe that no one is above the law, but indicting Trump for bookkeeping irregularities is not a smart move. It's not smart for a bunch of reasons. But let's look at the three most glaring reasons. This indictment is the definition of political motivation. 
This is the way third world countries conduct their governments. What we're doing today is third world government. We're a banana republic. No, we're not. We're an elitist democracy. Look it up. History is full of actions just like this, and we don't even have to look very far back in history to see them. Here's a couple for you. On, no, excuse me, on May 8, 2012, the day after Putin was inaugurated, Nelavani and Uldatsov were arrested. They stood in opposition to Putin. The assassination of Boris Nemstov, a Russian politician opposed to the government of Putin, occurred in central Moscow on February 27, 2015. All right, well, you know what? Those are both Russia. Russia's known to jail its opposition, its political opposition. It's not something that we would do in this country. We would never silence or jail our political opponents. Here's another one. Venezuela's most popular opposition leaders are almost all sidelined from the were all sidelined from the country's 2018 presidential election. All oppositions were jailed, in exile, in exile or disqualified from holding office. Venezuela 2018, but you know that's not going to happen here. That would never happen here. This is America. Let's look at something a little bit more recent. The president of the Ukraine, Zelensky, has jailed his political rivals, including the runner-up of the presidential election. He's shut down independent media outlets and used Ukraine's state security agency, the SBU, to go after those that refuse to fall in line. Oh, but that could never happen in America. We have the Constitution to protect us. This document right here, the United States Constitution, are elected officials who swear an oath to protect and defend this from all enemies, foreign and domestic, say that it is antiquated and needs to be removed. The Constitution of the United States should protect any citizen with political aspirations from anything that we see in third world countries or the rest of the world from happening here. This document should protect them. But that's no longer the case. How does the Constitution protect you? Well, let's take a look at the Bill of Rights. And let's take a look at these Bill of Rights and apply them to Trump. Now, I don't care if you're for Trump, against Trump, for Biden, want to make come a, 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 Vice President Harris the president, um, or stand behind Nancy Pelosi. Pelosi? What's her name? Pelosi? I don't know, the ice cream lady. Um, I don't care. 
All I care about is that you are fulfilling your oath as a veteran to support and defend the Constitution from all enemies, foreign and domestic. So help you God. The First Amendment reads, and I'm quoting here, the First Amendment reads, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof, or abridge the freedom of speech, or of the press, or of the right of the people to peaceably assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. I'm not sure everybody understood that, so let me say it again. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. The government can't tell you what religion you're going to be and what religion you're going to practice. You can be Catholic, uh, uh, Jewish, Protestant, Baptist. Um, you can worship the, the spaghetti monster. Makes no difference. Government can't tell you that you can't. The government also says that it can't prohibit the exercise, the free exercise thereof. The government did when they closed churches during the pandemic. They stopped you from using your religion. Or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or the right of the people to peaceably assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. Freedom of speech. Now, a lot of people think that that's freedom of expression. No, it's not freedom of expression. That doesn't, doesn't, doesn't come up anywhere in the Constitution or the Bill of Rights. The, did I put this together wrong? Generally speaking, the First Amendment means that the government may not jail, fine, or impose civil liability on people or organizations based on what they say or write, except in exceptional circumstances. You can say what you want to say most of the time. In some circumstances, the Supreme Court has held that certain types of speech are of only low First Amendment value. Doesn't mean they don't have one, but they're low. I'm going to give you some examples here. False statements that damage a person's reputation can lead to civil liability and even criminal punishment, especially when the speaker deliberately lied or said things that they knew were false. Handed down from the Supreme Court in the New York Times versus Sullivan in 1964. True threats. Threats to commit a crime, for example, I'll kill you if you don't give me your money, can be punished. That's a threat. It's not a freedom of speech. Fighting words. Face-to-face -face personal insults that are likely to lead to an immediate fight are punishable. Chablinsky versus New Hampshire in 1942. But this does not include political statements 
that may offend others and provoke them to violence. For example, civil rights or anti-abortion protesters cannot be silenced merely because a passerby responds violently to their speech. This ruling was handed down in 1965 in Cox v. Louisiana. Political speech is afforded more protection under the First Amendment rights than you and I. So when Trump sends out those mean tweets, was that protected speech? Under the First Amendment, it sure enough was. Here in the Cox versus Louisiana in 1965, the Supreme Court held up that, yes, it is protected. Obscenity. Obscenity is not protected. Hardcore, highly sexual, explicit photography is not protected by the First Amendment. This ruling was handed down in 1973 in the Miller versus California. In practice, however, the government rarely prosecutes online distributors of such material. Hardcore, highly sexual, explicit pornography is not protected under the First Amendment. Sorry, it's not. Child pornography. Well, by now you all understand my, my thought of, of pedophiles and child pornography, that we just find a tall tree and a short piece of rope, and that solves the problem. Child pornography, photographs or videos involving actual children engaging in sexual conduct, are punishable because allowing such material would create an incentive to sexually abuse children in order to produce such material. This verdict was handed down in 1982 in New York versus Ferber. One last one. Commercial advertising. Speech advertising a product or service is constitutionally protected, but not as much as other speech. For instance, the government may ban misleading commercial advertising, but it generally can't, be, can't ban misleading political speech. This ruling was handed down in 1976 in the Virginia Pharmacy versus Virginia Citizens Council. Did you catch that one? You can't ban speech. We hear in the news about hate speech. There's no such thing. Define hate speech for me. While you're at it, define an assault weapon for me. Do we see, can you see the slippery slope that we're on by following through with, um, he's a DA, District Attorney Bragg in New York? By the way, if you're wondering where I got this information, I got it from the Constitution, constitutioncenter.org. You can go look it up yourself. Donald Trump's First Amendment rights have been and continue to be trampled on by the ruling majority. And that's troubling on a lot of levels. This is the way third world politics are handled and we're allowing it to happen in the United States. I don't care if you love the man or hate the man. Couldn't care less. I'm sorry that he offends you. But jailing him just because you don't like him? That's not American. 
It's definitely not what the Constitution says that you can do. Donald Trump has also had his Fourth Amendment rights trampled. The Fourth Amendment states the right of the people to be secure in their persons, houses, papers, and effects against unreasonable search and seizures shall not be violated, and no warrants shall issue but upon probable cause, supported by oath or affirmation, and particularly describing the place to be searched and the persons or things to be seized. I'm talking about the early morning raid on Marilargo for classified documents. Now, I understand the FBI agents had a job to do. And look, if I had the chance to rifle through the First Lady's uh, lingerie draw, I'd be standing in line. I want to be the first guy to be able to do that. But what they did there, sorry about that, people. What they did there was unconstitutional. The judge was biased, and they came and they raided. And how do you get it? If you know, and the Secret Service knew, and the Department of Treasury knew, and the FBI knew what documents were there, where they were at, and how they were stored. If they knew all those these things, why do they have to rifle through the rest of the residents? Food for thought. Trump and those that work for him or aligned with him or the Trump organization as a whole are not being afforded this right, the Fourth Amendment, in a number of situations. Let's look at the tax returns, for example. When you file your taxes, that report is protected under the Fourth Amendment. Further, it is the responsibility of the IRS to audit the tax returns and notify the Department of Treasury of infractions or irregularities when those infractions or irregularities rise to the level of a crime being committed. This protection is not afforded Donald Trump. And as a matter of fact, it goes all the way back to 2016 when the opposition said, we need to see your taxes, and he said no. Didn't have to turn them over. It was his Fourth Amendment not to. What right did they have to see them? What right do I have to see your tax returns? Give them to me. I want to see them. You may have done something wrong, and unless I can see your tax returns, I can't catch you doing that. So give them to me. No. The opposition is acting like a bully on the playground stealing your lunch money. The Fifth Amendment. And I like this one because my daughter and I talk about the Fifth Amendment a lot. The Fifth Amendment states, no person shall be held to answer for a capital or otherwise infamous crime unless on a presentment, on a presentment or indictment of a grand jury, except in cases rising in the land or naval forces or in the militia, when in actual service in time of war or public drain danger, nor shall any person be subject to the same offense to be twice put in jeopardy of life or limb, nor shall be compelled in any criminal case to be a witness against himself, nor be deprived of life, liberty, or property without due process of law, nor shall private property be taken for public use without just compensation. That's a big one, the Fifth Amendment. 
That's a really, really big one. Um, so plenty of time, plenty of time. So let's dissect that for a minute. No person shall, shoot, shall be held to answer for a capital or otherwise infamous crime unless on indictment from a grand jury. Let's think about Trump again. We don't know what he's being accused of. And so far, the, his, his indictment has been sealed. But in order for it to rise to the level of a grand jury, it would have to be a felony. Now, it's been said that a grand jury will indict a ham sandwich, and this is true. Because you need to understand how a grand jury works. They get a bunch of people in, they put them in the room, the prosecutor comes in, and the prosecutor says, hand me down this indictment for these charges against this person. The person being talked about in a grand jury is innocent until proven guilty. That's the law. Nancy Pelosi recently said a couple of days ago that it's okay because Trump will now have the, have the opportunity to prove his innocence in a court of law. Wrong, ice cream lady. Wrong. Wrong, 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 wrong. I'm so glad you're not Speaker of the House because you have no idea what this document says. You are innocent until proven guilty by a jury of your peers. He walks into that courtroom, he's an innocent man. It's up to the, it's the prosecutor's job to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that this person is guilty. That he's already been tried and convicted. And this bothers me, not because it's Trump, but because it tramples all over the Constitution and our rights as citizens. If they can do it to him, do you think they're not going to do it to you? I'm here to tell you they're going to do it to you. Some say that the charges against Trump have risen to the level that a grand jury has mm. Some say that the charges against Trump have risen to the level of a grand jury, while others will say that no crime was committed. Since the indictment has been sealed so far, it's all speculation. But you have to ask yourself, what possible crime or infamous crime do they think Trump committed that requires a grand jury to hand down an indictment. Paying hush money? Hush money is not a crime. And does anyone truly believe that a billionaire needs to use campaign funds to pay 130k? Really? I fully understand the Democrat side of things. 
and I understand that they will not be satisfied until they see Trump hung on the South Lawn of the White House. To a degree, I support this view, not because I hate Trump, but because until they actually kill Trump, there will be no revolution. And without a revolution, there will be no change to the ruling elite. Before you start calling up the FCC and saying, Doug told me to start a revolution, make sure you say it exactly the way I said it. Because that revolution has to happen. You need to be part of it. You need to go vote. You need to call your representatives and express your feelings. If you fail to do those things, you fail the revolution. In August 1968, on the flip side of the Beatles' hit single, Hey Jude, was another song written by John Lennon and Paul McCartney named Revolution. See, I could tie this in musically. You should appreciate that, Dick. Um, the song starts with these lyrics. <clears throat> you said you want a revolution. Well, you know, we all want to change the world. You tell me it's an evolution. Well, you know, we all want to change the world. But when you talk about destruction, don't you know you can count me out? There's a lot of ways to do a revolution. It doesn't mean renaming squares, public squares, burning down Wendy's and federal court buildings. That's one way of doing it, not very effective, but one way of doing it. A more effective way is to vote every la di da person that's sitting today in Congress and in the Senate, vote them out, put new ones in. And I'm charging you, new congressmen and senators, Morgan, I'm talking to you, remember your oath, keep it sacred, to support and defend the Constitution of the United States from all enemies, foreign and domestic, so help me God. That oath should mean something. And it should mean more if you're a public servant. A revolution has occurred in America. American citizens just haven't been paying attention. We now live under a one-party system. Some say it's the Democrats, some say the Republicans, some the liberals, and some the one-world government. I say it's all of them combined. Make no mistakes, our once proud republic has turned into an elitist democracy. I'm getting close, aren't I? Five minutes? Outstanding. I love it when I meet my times. Did you know that the very word democracy is not contained in the United States Constitution? Go read it for yourself. You will not find democracy anywhere in these papers. What you find is a representative government, a constitutional republic. You see these words over and over again in our founding documents, but nowhere does it say democracy. The United States was never meant nor organized to be a democracy, or worse, what we have today, an elitist democracy. The great experiment 
which is America, was never meant to be a democracy. But elected officials, newscasters, pundits, and whatnot keep telling about an existential threat to the democracy. We're not a democracy. A democracy is mob rule. We're a constitutional republic with a representative government. That means that this country uses this constitution to determine whether something is legal or not, to determine whether you have that right or not. It's this document right here. And anytime anybody tramples on that document, I'm going to call them task. I will absolutely call them task. Our media and elected officials keep saying the word democracy because they know that if you say the word often enough, it can become an accepted truth. We've seen that time and time again. You just keep saying something over and over again. Eventually, people are going to accept it as being true. Remember what uh, President Biden said? Don't confuse the truth with the facts. The truth is what we speak here, not the facts. That's dangerous, people. We live in a dangerous time. Dangerous times, my good listener. The time to sit back and wait and see what happens may no longer be the wisest move. Remember your oath. Remember your oath and be loyal to its meaning. Things need to change in this country and they need to change really quickly. Or are we going to be in a world of hurt? All right. I'm going to wrap this up, Dick. That ends this true segment of Veterans Air. If you have any comments, please, by all means, drop me a line over at veteransair.us, and I'll get back to you. Call me, text me on the phone, 936-344-3083. I'll take your call. Just hang on the line. I want you to tune in next month on May 2nd at 1 p.m., and hopefully I'm going to have some reps from a company that uh, creates, created a three-in-one modality device with IFC, TENS, and, M -E -M and NMES type units. Now, I had the chance to actually wear this unit. It's kind of like a TENS unit, but incorporates massage and LED lights. And it really actually worked. It lessened my pain significantly come the next morning. So I took all the literature on this, and I gave it over to um, the chief of clinic here in Conroe, VA, and he's going to take a look into it and see if he can't get a unit here. And if so, I'm going to get these people on the show to talk about this device because it's definitely worthwhile to look into. Um, I want to leave you, as I always do every month, with this song by the Warrior Song Project. And while we listen to this song, let us remember our brothers and sisters in uniform that are today standing in harm's way to protect our freedoms and our liberties. 
If you're wearing the uniform, I say to you, I'm proud of you. I say to you, thank you. And until next month, stay safe and stay vigilant. Murder!